This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave Command Center in the Melbourne Law Studio in the uh, secret location of Piney Woods of North Central Florida, which is, of course, God's country. Beautiful day today, and I think you should go out and enjoy it by doing a little original thing known as labor, hard work, like we do here in the countryside. You know, cut some weeds out if you haven't done it already and spruce up your fence lines and make sure your cattle are okay and and um, your tractors are working and no hydraulic leaks and I can think of a million things that can you got to work and check on all the time and uh, that'll keep you honest. Uh, Ray Stern's checking in with me, so um, got a show today that hopefully will meet your high expectations and standards of uh, excellence, which I hope are very very high. Uh, I want you to keep me on my toes. I want you to keep me uh, um, available for support to what I say and. Uh, you always can ask me where'd you get that, how'd you arrive at that conclusion, or you can challenge it. Um, this is meant to be uh, your class, and uh, you uh, take from it what you will. But uh, I assume that by you all checking in here in the early form, you are the good students. Um, we also have people who watch, of course, uh, due to their uh, commitments in life um, later on the day at their own uh, uh, time frame. It's uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube's running us live right now. And, um, you know, Apple Podcasts and a couple other places, I guess. But uh, you can always go out to wordscottfiles.com and see our, our archive work out there. So it's, um, it's not the most profitable business in the world, I can tell you right now. It's a struggle if you want to get people to support you and contribute to you even uh, because of what you, ta- what you take on, the controversial issues you take on. And you've got to needle people a little bit to get people aroused and listen. So, um, this is uh, something that goes with territory. You've got to uh, be a provocateur, if you will. But there's enough business going on in the world that is, uh, by its own nature, provocateurs. Um, and one of the first things I want to start off with is voter accountability. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while about the fact that the problem with um, voting is uh, nobody ever checks the voter rolls. And uh, I don't know whether this, some of these supervisor elections are lazy or not that bright or, you know, it is an elected position. It is partisan. Uh, you have to wonder after a while if we can find the stuff. Why can't they? Uh, I just I just think they don't care to look. But it does differ quite a bit from county to county. Uh, we've got a lady here, Kim Barton, whom I like personally very much, who seems to be just um, a laid back kind of uh, slow motion type of supervisor. If you get out of the office, it's well kept and all that and orderly. But in terms of, you know, really being on the ball, this woman took $700,000 of Zuckerberg money uh, and uh, kept 500000 of it and didn't know where quite a bit of it went when it chased after and proliferated the use of absentee ballots, uh, which COVID provided a cover for. And so um, 
we had these absentee ballots really make a big difference in the election, as we all know, and nobody is going to be able to uh, figure out what it really meant because uh, of all the where, various ways in which it was abused. And so there's has come about this issue for voter accountability, and rightfully so. But of course, that's only on the quote unquote, uh, since we're a very bifurcated country, split down the middle. And at the end of the show, I hope to do a wrap up and put it in the context of the Civil War. And you'll be amazed at how close it is to what we're in right now in terms of what went down at Appomattox and places like that. So um, uh, uh, voter accountability is an issue that if you are a Democrat, you call it voter suppression. Uh, if you are a Republican, you call it voter accountability. There are twin universes running side by side here in our life, in our culture right now. Uh, there is the world according to the progressive left, or the Democrat. And then there is the world according to the conservative who is really more of a common sense guy, less committed to uh, ideologies that are man-made. I think the basic thing about the left that I see is that they are they worship man. Um, uh, you know, that, that they don't worship a supreme being, they worship other men. And they look to other men to provide the, the explanations for the mystery of the universe and climate change is an excellent one. Uh, climate change is a huge mystery. We covered that yesterday uh, with, uh, with one of the premier meteorology, meteorologists in the country who thinks it's a big spoof. And, uh, uh, but the politician finds it a convenient horse to ride in the race. So um, voter voting is another thing that uh, you can sort of draw a line in the sand with. Uh, those who feel uh, that, uh, oh my golly, everybody who makes a fog in the mirror should be able to vote. And those who are really uh, uh, demanding that we be responsible for our actions. We have unearthed, if you will, um, all sorts of examples of uh, voter, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call it what it is, voter fraud. Uh, somebody voting fraudulently in the elections. And these are, right now, um, it's coming down to where the, the low-hanging fruit really are the, the uh, sexual predators. The sexual predators don't have their rights restored, yet they're voting. And uh, one of the premier ones that we found was interesting, which I'll pass along to you. Um, the supervisor of elections in Marion County, Wesley Wilcox, is an entirely different breed of cat from the supervisor elections we have here in uh, Alachua County. Uh, the supervisor of elections in Marion County is a Republican. The supervisor of elections in Marion County did not take Zuckerberg money, sent the stuff back. Can you imagine how the supervisor of elections here willfully and willingly and eagerly took the money? You never saw it covered in the press, uh, which is an arm of the propaganda machine of the Democrat party. We had to find it. We were tipped off to it. We were given the documents. They came right out of Tallahassee, hand delivered to us, and we exposed it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not gotten any press much in the Gainesville sunset. Uh, nobody wants to talk about it. If you're not careful how you talk about it, they censor you. They censored us twice uh, for even bringing up the subject. So um, uh, I call today's show the tipping point. And it's a disguise for what I think is going on with this bifurcated country. But um, um, we have an example that really is rather stunning, but it's not atypical. I can tell you there's so many more examples like this. 
But the progressive left will tell you, and they, indeed they have published already um, statements that, oh, well, so there was some voter, um, you know, uh, people voting and shouldn't have been voting. But, you know, it didn't it wasn't enough to tip the election. It really wasn't enough to to make a difference. OK, um, so just let it go. In other words, law breaking is OK. Um, this is one of the things now if we're on the other foot. And they or their candidate had been, oh, yeah, they'd be belly aching and raising cane and everything else all day long. So uh, we have an example of somebody that uh, the investigator instigator discovered. Uh, he's the excellent. He's excellent. He's he is better than the cops are. He's better than the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. He's better than the supervisors. He's showing these supervisors things that they've never seen. And they're just stunned. And this is an example. This is a, an email that went down to uh, Mr. Wilcox and uh, Supervisor Wilcox in Marion County. And I, yeah, no, get this now. We've already told you that um, Jonathan Corey Smith of the Hookah Lounge uh, uh, incident, the felon, voted in the city uh, uh, um, special election and he hadn't had any rights restored. He shouldn't be voting. Where's the vigilance? Where's the vigilance? If a thug can just go vote, I mean, what doesn't that cheapen your Vote as a citizen who pays taxes, who the IRS chases down and you send your kids to school. It's not one another. It just cheapens your vote. I mean, we've never gotten justice out of Chestnut. I mean, out of uh, out of the guy who's um, uh, voting in, in two states, up in Georgia and down here, who was one of our representatives. His name will come to my mind in a moment. Um, that uh, it's just we've never gotten it. I mean, they just they just don't seem to care. So, but boy, you let it be somebody associated with Trump and boy, the bloody murder is going to be held accountable. But there is a guy named Dakota L. Wilson. So this is public record. I'll go ahead and share it with you. Dakota L. Wilson, this is um, addressed to Supervisor Wilcox, registered to vote from the Alachua County Jail on September 30th, 2021 during a quote unquote voter outreach visit from a former Alachua County Supervisor Elections employee, one T.J. Pichet, spelled P-Y-C-H-E. We know this because of the jail records that have to be filled out to come and go from the jail. We know all about that. We know what was the situation before one T.J. Pichet entered and what it was like when he left. This has all been turned over to the FDLE who is slower than paint drying, slower than molasses, and one has to figure they really don't give a damn. But we'll see. We'll keep you informed. Um, they don't really give a damn. Um, I suspect, I'm not, I'm not really high on these law enforcement agencies, you know, especially when you take a look at the uh, SWAT team banging on the door of the Colliers and, and then Tony Jones allowing a permit for the hookah rap set. I don't, these guys are no, you know, they're they're not they're not metal metal giants, okay? So Dakota L. Wilson registered to vote from the Alachua County Jail on September 30th, 2021, during a voter outreach visit from former Alachua County Supervisor of Election employee T.J. Pichet. Mr. Wilson uh, went on to vote absentee in the November 2020 general election as a Marion County voter. 
okay? Uh, and he has an unpaid bill for felony conviction. And remember, we have a law here that, uh, you know, if you, when you can vote, if you're a convicted felon, if you pay back everything you stole, he has an unpaid $54,250 felony conviction restitution lien, uh, which makes him ineligible to register and or to vote in Florida. Now, T.J. Pichet, well, the guy wasn't registered, let's put it this way, when T.J. Pichet went in to the jail and when T.J. Pichet came out, the guy was registered. I mean, that's apparently what the situation is. Uh, if there's a correction of that, I'm willing to hear it. We're all willing to hear it. So in this case, by doing this, Wilson has committed a third degree felony across county jurisdictions for fraudulently registering and voting in a federal election. Okay. Now, you're going to say if you're a progressive lefty, oh, what the hell? You know, it didn't make any difference. What the hell? I don't understand those people. And, and I'm on, this is the class today. You can make up your own mind about it. If you let them slide, it's your fault. It cheapens your vote, cheapens your integrity. Maybe you don't even vote. I don't know. But um, this is something that we've called the attention of Supervisor Wilcox to. And he answered promptly and said, Thank you for the information. Usually if something happens within our circuit, we're notified fairly quickly. But in another circuit, it obviously takes a while. We are in the process of removing the record and we'll be following up with the, uh, uh, following up with the judicial authorities and filing additional charges. So this guy, Wesley Wilcox in Marion, appears to be, and he's Republican, ready to go after these guys and file charges. We have heard nothing of this from Barton here in Alachua County. So I just throw that out there to you. Uh, you can make up your mind about it. Now, concurrent with this is this absolute hate campaign. And they've got, see, DeSantis is to the state of Florida liberals as Trump is to the national uh, liberals. Uh, so the Nikki Freed Fried Frazzled and Cheetah, uh, the Cheetah man um, uh, who runs, you know, Republican and Democrat and this, that, one another, uh, all these characters and all the university faculty over here squawking and squealing uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the thing. We can't testify for money against the, against the governor, you know. Um, so this has all been corrupted into an issue about academic freedom. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, they violate the, the faculty themselves violate it. And, and the president, uh, I've read you the dance letter. I mean, I didn't make that up. I could never have made that up. That is the most startling thing I've ever seen circulated. And I never saw it. if that crap had come around when I had been in the system as Senate president, I'd have run down the people who, who started it. And I'd have had to come to Jesus meeting with them. So there's something going on in the leadership. Is the leadership vacuum in these universities? They all seem to be cut of the same uh, uh, cloth, uh, liberal whiners. And um, and so, you know, that's where we sit. But in Marion County, it's a different story. But DeSantis has uh, organized this Office of Election Crimes. And boy, that has really gotten on the last nerve of these University of Florida crybabies. Um, 
and he's on he's on he, he he's got a, a a budget that is a billions and and you know you know this guy has got this state on a very solvent uh uh he unveiled i'm just going to go over some of the notes i've got here about him 99.7 billion dollar budget for the state next fiscal year thousand dollar bonuses for teachers you got to watch those bonuses because unless they go into your base they're just a one-time thousand bucks but if they go into your base and then that's calculated and ray stern will understand this because he's very good with numbers and money uh, if it goes into your base and it gets calculated over and over it increases the base rate by which you calculate your retirement but if it doesn't go into the base and it's just a one-time thousand bucks it actually ends up costing you a tax because you have to tax that additional income. So, you know, it's a good gesture by the politicians. I'm not blaming DeSantis, but it's not as great as you might think it is. Um, so he's got anyway, uh, you know, he's got a thousand dollar bonus for the teachers and cops and all that. And uh, but the big thing that has really irked him is uh, the way he's going to take the gas tax and suspend that because he's tired of the high rates that uh, Sleepy Joe is not even aware out there. I don't know if Sleepy Joe's ever bought his own gas. I, I, I you know, he used to ride the train home when he was a senator. Um, so, um, you know, he's, um, he's um, got this particular part of the budget. Let me find it right here. Uh, that goes into election. Uh, and I got to think that some of our squawking and some of our, uh, uh, discoveries and some of our investigations has gotten up there to him, and he realizes that there needs to be a, 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 a some money devoted to election crimes. And in this budget is money devoted to election crimes. Um, this would be, I, I suppose, to we operate on no budget. That's why we ask for donations and things of that nature. Uh, we do all the public records requests. I mean, we don't have a budget. We don't have a staff, really. It's just a couple of us. So uh, if you had a staff and you had a budget, buddy, you could we could really tear it up. So, um, um, you know, we're going to try to knock. He's going to try to knock down the, the price of the gas. He's going to try to also uh, uh, transport unauthorized aliens to other states. And I love it. He's going to uh, uh, transport them to the liberal states and let them know what it's like. You see, it's always the case. It's not in our backyard. So we don't care. That's called the NIMBY thing not in our backyard. So it's not in the backyard. There's nothing in the backyard of Washington because they've got a compound. They live in a compound in DC. They have no clue. And anybody who works there, I have a friend who's a lifelong bureaucrat out of the Pentagon. He's a good guy, but he is absolutely clueless because he's been in a little self-contained uh, compound all of his life, gets a big healthy check now as a retiree. Um, enjoyed a very privileged, uh, sophisticated world of D.C. for years, uh, you know, and, and you know, it just doesn't feel anybody else's pain. Um, so you go you go talk to the average people who are trying to make this, the, the ends meet and you'll find out that's as, as a whole nother world. So um, uh, this is this is what is really perking behind underneath the surface of the water here. Uh, this is what is really irking. Um, the, um, the the liberals. Um, uh, uh, DeSantis has borrowed, barred state executive agencies from cooperating with the federal government in transporting undocumented immigrants from the southern border into the state. Um, he has also um, 
um, you know, started this uh, elections, Florida Elections Commission. He wants to have $5.7 million for a new office of election crimes and security with 52 positions, plus another $1.1 million for the Florida Elections Commission to handle cases brought by the new office. Uh, he recognizes that, uh, uh, you know, Florida's 2020 election results, uh, the left has always been griping and complaining about them since the days of Bush and Gore. God, what a difference we would have, what, what a terrible world we would have had if Gore were president. And we know the guy who discovered that, he's been on the Ward Scott files many, many a time. He was the one who found this cheating, reported it, and actually got the whole thing brought to justice. And uh, you can look up that show. Uh, you can listen to it all over again. We know all about that. Um, but so uh, um, he wants to use the state. DeSantis wants to make sure that the state's election system becomes a model for the nation. Um, he wants to, uh, you know, make this place a showcase for voter accountability. So hopefully we in some small way here on the Ward Scott files are helping him accomplish that goal. Um, we've got pretty good contacts. <clears throat> we have a sip of coffee here. Yeah, we have pretty good contacts in, in, in uh, Tallahassee. And um, if, if, they, that was, if we're Democrat there, we'd have lousy contacts. I, I, can, I, can't, I can tell you, I can assure you that the difference would be profound, absolutely profound, if you had a Democrat, uh, as, as, it, as it is here, uh, run by a bunch of goofballs who can't figure out whether they ought to pay somebody 250 to get a shot or not. I don't know why you'd have to. I mean, um, you know, let them go do it themselves. They don't do it. They let them some, suffer the consequences. Um, so uh, that's really where we are in terms of what I wanted to share with you. Uh, this one particular example and this one contrast uh, between our supervisor of elections and Marion County supervisor of elections. Now we're in contact with several different county supervisors. So I'm not gonna talk about that right now because there's more than one. And what we're trying to establish, and it's not gonna be really difficult because there's so many violations of the law uh, that have gone just un uh, uninspected. Uh, we think that we're gonna be able to put together a quilt tapestry here of counties where cheaters have been getting by with cheating. And uh, we think we're gonna be able to put together enough counties now, this is always, always subject to political probability, which is like rolling a dice. It's loaded in a crap game. Um, these politicians only, um, re they only respond to, to public pressure. Anything else, they really don't respond to, or if there's something in it for them. So we're really re 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 gearing up for the 2022 accountability of that election, because that's going to be a big one. So we think we've got enough to put together a tapestry of counties throughout the state that we can document. We, not the county supervisors, because they don't have a clue what they're doing. And some of them are very helpful and very nice, and some of them are very cold and quiet. And generally, it's the Democratic ones that don't want to hear from you and don't answer your calls. So uh, we've got probably six or seven now. There are 67 counties. Uh, we reach if we reach a tipping point, we will call for a statewide grand jury, and and, and you know God only knows what you'd find in something like that. Uh, 
you know, we're just talking about the state of Florida. And I don't know if we'll get that done or not. I should say we're just a two or three man staff. Uh, we don't have any funds. We just got, a, you know, some kind of quirky uh, commitment to doing this. Uh, we run on gas fumes. Our gas tank is never full. We don't have enough money to fill the tank. So we just kind of um, limp along. And, you know, every once in a while, we got a tremendous contributor in Plantation, Mark. I want to give a shout out to him. He keeps us going. We had 10 more of him. We'd be home free. But, um, uh, you know, we, 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 we do this. So I don't know how this is all going to end up. I know there's a huge story here. There's all kinds of corruption that's going on. It's a corruption of laziness. I mean, uh, just a list of, too, you, know, you know, just too lazy to walk across the street and look. And as I say, the low hanging fruit are, are really is really uh, the sex offenders because they can't they got to register. They got to give an address that you got to be able to find them 24 seven. They're dangerous people. Uh, and so that, that's been easy to find. But there are other forms of felonious behavior that hasn't uh, had any restitution that we found also. And, uh, and, you know, right right here we have this interesting phenomenon of the SOE going out and sending a, a representative to the jail. Now, they're trying to cover themselves by saying, well, we were just trying to get them educated. Well, that had been fine, but if they registered, then they've committed a crime. So that's the difference. You got to know the difference. If you just educate them, then you go out and say, Johnny criminal, well, Johnny criminal, you ought to pay. I doubt this was the conversation. Uh, Johnny Criminal, you ought to pay back the people you stole from. And when you pay back from the people you stole from and the court certifies it, then Johnny Criminal, you're going to be allowed to vote. And we can't register you yet because you haven't paid back the person you stole from. But we just wanted to stop by and have a chat with you. That's not the way it went down, I assure you. I mean, it doesn't look like it. So I'll stand corrected. But it dang sure the evidence doesn't point that way. So oh, this is just one project that we're working on. Um, it's uh, pretty interesting. It's 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 disgusting. I mean, it's uh, what's disgusting about it is the left doesn't give a damn unless it's something that's going to hurt them. Uh, and even the right really will let them do it. We don't have time to do it. We're in office and we're fine. They don't understand that these systems of corruption are in the works right now being refined. So what we're trying to do is cut them off at the pass before they can get refined. And one of the big ones is these absentee ballots. And you do not want to listen to this crap out of the left that it's voter suppression. It's voter accountability. And done properly, it will give you an honest to God election instead of a third world election. So. It's, uh, it's, 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 and it's full of propaganda. I mean, the newspaper doesn't get it straight. One of the problems with the writers that write for these papers are just kids. They don't know anything. Um, I don't even know if these kids writing paper for the paper now know there was a Vietnam. Uh, I dang sure bet you they don't know the Tet Offensive or any of that. So they don't they have a clue. And um, so that's, that's one of the issues you're facing. Um, uh, Ray's evidently asked a question. Let me see what it is. Um, just as responsible for registering felons. Well, yes, the buck would ultimately stop, Ray, with the supervisor. Now, you know, the, the, the tactic, though, 
on the part of a supervisor, it would be to throw uh, the uh, the uh, employee under the bus. Now, as a follow up to your question, Ray, T.J. Pichet quit his sixty thousand dollar a year job unexpectedly at the supervisor relations office and has disappeared. Okay, from our view, anyway, might be around here, but he's no longer. How, why would you quit a, a job which he just got a raise in? Why would you quit that job? Uh, and if you go check him out on his profiles and things, he's a liberal. And you're going to say, well, that's, you know, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it if he doesn't bring it to work. You see, this is the issue with the UF and DeSantis. It, it, you know, they bring the UF professors, bring their liberal point of views into the classroom. I'm going to show you that after the break. They bring them into the classroom. And they have corrupted education to the point where, you know, it's just another commie stronghold. So, yes, the answer to your question is uh, they would be, she would be supposedly, all she could say, or hey, let's take Kim out of the situation. A super, a boss could say, I didn't give him permission to do that. You see, that's what I would do if I was trying to CYA. Oh, I didn't know he was going to do that. I thought he was just going out there to edumacate him. Yeah, come on now. If that's the case, you're supposed to be on top of everything. If you're not on top of that, how can you be on top of everything else that's going down in the elections? You see the problem? You can't cherry pick what you are aware of and what you're not aware of if you're really a great administrator. So uh, this, is, this, is the, uh, this is the situation that uh, we, we got with. You know, that's a good question, Ray. Um, and it's going to exchange there with, with you all. Um, yeah, and as Tim Martin said, it would have been, as we said, I'm making up an imaginary conversation because I wasn't there. Supposedly, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement is going to go in and uh, ask these tough questions of these criminals. Now, I don't know if you can get a straight answer out of a criminal, but the criminal is supposed to say, yeah, the guy came in here and said, hey, sign on the dotted line here and get registered. It's all going to depend upon, I guess, uh, in, in terms of this fine print and the, in, in the details here, it's all going to depend upon how that goes down. So we, we can't go in. And these guys, some of these guys now, uh, you listeners and students, they're already up in the big house now. Remember, they were only in the jail being held for maybe first appearance or to go to court or uh, and some of them time has come and gone and they've gone to the big house. So um, they're up there. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, can you go in there and get a straight answer out of anybody? I really just don't know. So um, we'll take a break here now. I just wanted to bring you up to date on election accountability. And uh, DeSantis has angered the heck out of the left. Uh, the UF is all upset about it. It's not really, when you get down to it, an argument about academic freedom. It's an argument about we got to stop DeSantis we got to stop Trump, OK, because they're dangerous and they can rile people up and they can command a big force and we can't. So we got to eliminate them. That's basically what's going through their minds. We're going to take a break now for a little sponsorship. Maybe I'll show you the pig one more time. Gives me a little more time uh, and uh, we'll be right back. I want to continue now with what's happened to education. <clears throat> this is Ward Scott. 
And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. 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 The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. <clears throat> Appreciate y'all staying up um, right with me, pace by pace. Just received this by message. Um, remember, you can always get me on 352-325-3938 on the Mellon Law Hotline if you don't want to be scene here uh, on the Facebook chat. We just got an image uh, that is apparently circulating in the community and we'll, we'll, we'll show it to you. Um, this is an urgent uh, message to vote by mail. Uh, vote by mail is another one of these kind of um, difficult uh, to be held accountable for. Um, it's, it's um, you know, ideally we all know that the best way to vote, we've already been over it, would be to vote in person with a, an ID um, some people even in democracy have thumbprints. Uh, uh, but anytime you abstract it and make it distant and make it, uh, um, you know, not blood, uh, flesh and blood, uh, then you've got a little opportunity to wiggle in. And uh, I think we're getting ready to flip this up. I just received this from one of you students and um, uh, production. Yeah, there it is. I have no idea. Some people know who this uh, lady is. This is out in the public. So we've got it. Um, it's going out in the public. It's nothing private. And you can take a look at it. But that's a Democrat urging others to vote by mail. Um, vote by mail, as I say, is a little more loosey-goosey. Um, and, of course, uh, sending the ballots out by mail and ballot harvesting is even worse. So DeSantis is trying to get a handle on this because um, uh, it, it's real easy to, to, to have accountability get lost. So we're throwing that up there. I'm going to move on here to... Uh, um, what's going on in the colleges. And um, uh, one of the problems in the colleges as, is that it is also part of the, uh, and I've been talking about this for a few days, so I'm going to talk about it now. You know, everybody talks about systemic racism, but they don't talk about systemic anti-Asian bias. And uh, that is a huge problem. Um, the heart of the critical race problem that William McGurn writes about is the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. 
And it says that the idea that American racism is more than just individual bias and prejudice. It is systemic racism because it's embedded in laws, policies and institutions that should be upholding uh, and reproducing racial inequities. But and that's also funny to anybody who is Asian, because what the Asian Americans are experiencing right now today is systemic racism at the hands of the blacks. Uh, dealt out in, 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 in uh, coordination with the liberal whites. Um, the Asian Americans uh, are working hard to get into good schools and they're running up against increasingly systemic orthodoxy uh, on equity, on equity. You know the magic equities, say after me, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So this is what they're running into. And it, it, it's, it, it's really kind of been focused right lately on Harvard, because at Harvard, the Asian Americans have both the highest average SAT scores and the lowest admission rates of any racial group. Now, get that. Let me, let me sit that and digest that for a moment. At Harvard, this is why all this crap you hear about the University of Florida. Oh, well, well, one of the top right universities now. And we right up in there with the Harvards. Really? This, well, we're going to take an x-ray of Harvard. And you tell me what you think of Harvard practicing systemic racism against meritorious applicants because of racial quotas. Come on, my dear friends. Don't buy this crap you hear from these propagandists and these politicians. Um, it's all through the public school system. Um, it's 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 uh, the extremists are in charge of education, and it's uh, it's pretty clear that uh, education has become a a vehicle uh, for ideology. And you know, the one guy who can get away with writing about it with impunity, of course, is my uh, the guy I think is really one of the great voices in our country is Jason Riley, who's black. But, you know, you, the only reason you know that is if you're obsessed with race, which I'm not. Uh, I could care less whether you're green, brown, tall or short. I care about your mind. OK, that's what keeps you interested over the long haul. You know, how sharp is the person you're hanging out? Is a person funny? Is a person witty? Is a person have insight or is a person just a cod? You know, well, Jason Riley uh, is writing about the bigotry at elite universities, which I just mentioned that McGurn's writing about. And he says, if you think it was a thing of the past, you better reconsider in light of a federal district court ruling. Uh, and the, the courts are corrupt. We know that. Uh, at just this last week in the Harvard's admissions policy. And this was uh, this was an article that was published in October 2019. OK, so this has been going on for quite a while. Riley wrote about it in 2019. Um, in 1914, he goes through the history of this. It was a bias against Jewish people. In 1914, about 40 percent of Columbia students were Jewish. And by 1918, quotas had reduced that number to 22 percent. In the 1920s, Harvard and Yale followed Columbia's lead. Harvard's freshman class of 1925 was a nearly 30% Jewish. The next year it fell to 15%, where it's remained 
for the next two decades. So if the blacks think that they're the only ones that ever been picked on, they need to do a little historical research and talk about how badly the Jewish people have been picked on. And particularly, you see it in the declining numbers of accepted applicants to Harvard and Yale. Now, today, the recipient of the systemic racism is the Asian student. Uh, they are by far superior to our students because their family life is superior. Their culture is disciplined. Um, ours is just catch as catch can, what feels good, you go do, and doesn't have much depth to it. The students don't have much depth to them. The reporters don't have much depth to them. The politicians don't have much depth to them. Uh, it's, a, it's a pitiful society we're in right now, from my point of view. And I'm an elitist. Yes, I am an elitist. I work hard to be an elitist. It just doesn't come easy. You know, I have high standards for myself. I give myself about a B minus most of the time. I had a student the other day complained, a grown lady now, one of my favorite people out of a class I taught in 1968 in high school, say that I was the only person, teacher she ever had, that she ever got a B from. She ain't the only one. I did that to a number of students who had A's all over the place, and I was the only one who gave a B to. But, you know, I must have had a reason. So these uh, people, these Asians, uh, are undergoing a dramatic right now decrease uh, in acceptance, even though their applications uh, uh, have increased. Uh, uh, Asian enrollment of Harvard uh, in 1992, it was 19%. In 2013, it was 18%. Huh? And then in between, it fell to 15%. So uh, there you go. Uh, the Jews, back when Harvard discriminated against them, were excellent students. But Harvard argued that they had deficient personalities. Their social characteristics, this is the history of this stuff. Their social characteristics were described as different and peculiar. They were accused of being clannish and focusing on their studies to a fault. Harvard maintained that it was trying to create a certain type of environment on campus and Jews were a poor fit for it. Okay. And no one suggested that the Jewish students didn't have the academic credentials. They all had the academic credentials. It was argued, on the other hand, that the college stood for other things, social standards, just as importantly as it did intellectual standards. And Harvard got caught up in it. So Harvard is a private school. Remember that it receives federal funding and that makes it subject to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which outlaws racial discrimination and racial balancing um, and all that kind of business. So um, the. Asian population is right now trying to get a grip on this systemic racism that's affecting them so that they may be more of people of color enter. Now, this is out of Jonathan Zimmerman has written about this. Uh, the same thing he notes that in 1929, Yale inst instituted a quota for Jews. And uh, uh, you know, nearly a century later, according to a lawsuit filed by a former New York City Department of Education official, another department official implies that the most selective school was taking too many Asians. The same argument now 
has shifted from, well, we don't want the Jews. They're too good. They're too studious. They don't fit in really with our culture. They're a little odd, you know. The same thing going on with the Asians now. Um, in other words, uh, these students, Jews then, Asians now, are different from us. Uh, they're too hardworking. They're too high achieving. And they're too successful. You know, I, I have, let me tell you a story about this. And I may have told it before, but I was teaching a freshman composition class in English. And, you know, opening day, you look out. Here's a, from my point of view. You see these people out there. You know, they've never read a book. Uh, um, you know, they've got their own cars. They, they're, they're worried about fashion. Uh, they're generally overweight because they get food, quick food, anytime they want to get it. Um, so you look out there and you see, God, I got to work with this. And uh, on the front row, occasionally you would see somebody different. And I saw this Asian uh, student on the front row, right in front of my desk. Um, didn't say anything. I read out the requirements for the course that the students would have to uh, work with but in order to succeed in the course. And at the end of the class, um, uh, most of the students left. A few lingered around, American students. And up to the front of the desk came this Asian student. Turned out he was from Vietnam. Okay, and this has been back quite a ways. I don't know, it's just after the Vietnam War, I guess. Uh, I can't remember the year, decade. But anyway, he came up and he bowed. I've never, ever in my life, and I taught from 1966 to 2000. Oh, God, I don't know, 2012, so on up in there, 40 years at least. I never in my life had a American student bow and say, thank you for instructing me, sir. Never. Except this student did. He came up and he bowed. And he said, thank you for instructing me, sir, and left. Well, the American kids that were lingering around this desk saw that. And I said, did you guys see that, you know? And you know what the reply was? Ah, oh, he's just trying to butter you up to get a grade. That's the contrast. That's what we're dealing with. Now, as the course went along, the Asian kid... <laughs> had mastered the entire course material that many of the American kids would struggle with all the way up to the bitter end. He'd mastered it within a month, one third of the time that it would take the others in the class to do it. So I called him up to the desk one day after class. And I said, um, you know, you really don't have to stay here with these people. I said, You've already mastered what it's going to take them the whole semester to try to master. Uh, if you'd like, you know, you may go and to whatever you want to do, you're going to get an A in the course. He said to me, I would never do that. He said, this opportunity to stay here and listen to you is what my parents put me on the raft for. He was a South Vietnamese kid. The war was chaotically coming down to an end. And they put him on a boat, some sort of boat and shoved him out to sea 
and said, see that United States aircraft carrier out there? See if they won't pick you up and take you to America. Which I guess they did. And when he came here, he got involved with the Vietnamese network community. They all stuck together and helped each other. They didn't shoot each other. They didn't rob from each other. They didn't fight each other. They helped each other. And that youngin, I did a little more investigation into him. What, he got to school by riding his bicycle. Rain, sleet, or snow, so to speak. He never had an absence. He rode his bike from southeast Gainesville to Santa Fe College out there on Northwest 83rd Street. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? This type of behavior is being discriminated systematically at our higher levels of institution learning. According to these writers, Jonathan Zimmerman, Jason Riley, it's all over the place. Google it. Google it. Or whatever it is you need to do. Asian discrimination. And they're discriminating against meritocracy. And you see that in our own community. Oh, my God. What did Obama say? You didn't build that. You didn't earn that. You remember him saying that? There's a high school here in this article by Zimmerman where uh, to Vincent High School where almost three quarters of the students are Asian. Half of those students qualify for reduced price or free lunch, which is a standard measure of poverty. And of the students in that category, 20% are Asian, 20, uh, 90% are Asian. 90% of the students at that high school qualify for a reduced price or free lunch because they live in poverty. Asians, they don't use it as an excuse for failure. So what Asian achievement is doing, according to Zimmerman, is rubbing salt in the wounds of systemic racism as argued by Black Lives Matter. And the Asians are catching it, by the way, for being so good. You think what in this country that we're trying to end race, we're trying to achieve race blind behavior? Bull roar. You'll never convince me of that. Never, ever, ever convince me of that. How much time do I got left? I got about 10 minutes left. Okay. Let me look at where I am. Check my messages here, you guys. Um, nobody seems to have a reaction to that. It's amazing. You must be in stunned silence, huh? 
Well, here's one other thing. This is this is what really is irking. I'm glad I found this in my midnight audio here. That is this is what is really irking people. University of Florida won't talk about this. Lotsville County School Board won't talk about this. Uh, let's see who did this article. Mm. This is Susan Berry. She's a, she's a PhD herself. She writes for Breitbart. The vice, there's a, a new position at the University of California, Berkeley, which is just a, how can I say this? Bastion of liberalism. There's a new vice chancellor that gets a salary. All right, you ready for this? Of $325,000 a year. And I know it's not nearly as goofy as what this new football coach is getting unproven here. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's obscene. It's obscene. So this new vice chancellor, Ray, I hope you're still on listening to this. At the University of California, he is $325,000 a year. And what do you suppose her title is? I'll give you two guesses, and the first one doesn't count. She's the vice chancellor of a diversity, equity, inclusion, there's one more category. It's a new one. I hadn't heard of belonging and injustice. Belonging and injustice. Now, who in his right mind at the trustee level created this position is beyond me. $325,000. What is the job description of this vice chandler? Battle injustices, systemic oppression, racism, sexism. I wonder if that includes the Asians. This woman, Dania Matos, who takes pride in saying that she was raised by a single mom. That's the big, that's the big uh, tag you've got to have now. Oh, she was raised by a single mom. Single mom. Now, remember, this single mom thing is you got to look very closely at this single mom thing. And, and you know, unpack it a little bit more and wonder how does single mom have all these kids and not be able to afford them and who was a daddy's and all that you know it's not it's not but it's been turned into something that uh, now is a badge kind of like a, a badge a uh, red badge of courage or something like a Stephen Crane work so she has been appointed and her compensation for Dania Matos is vice chancellor for equity and inclusion. Uh, her effective IR date is, it was August 16, 2021. Uh, her base salary is $325,000. Um, she spends most of her time at meetings and quote unquote, listening sessions. 
And she describes her job as one which have a, has a heavy emotional toll. Because she's up against systems of power that are bigger than she is. And she just breaks down, she says, when she sees all these injustices, all this systemic oppression, all this racism, all this sexism. Now, this is your university culture I'm describing for you. That is at war with our governor who has got this state billions of dollars in the profit side of the profit and loss ledger. She says that she wants to honor the ideals. I don't, I, I, I don't know what they are, but honor the ideals of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, and justice to perpetuate beauty in the center of injustice. I, I And of course, you know what the first step is to do that, right? You know what the first step is? Say after me, students, do you know what the first step is? Right? Confront the legacy of slavery in this nation. Are we ever, 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 ever going to move on from that? Are we ever, ever, ever going to move on from that? I don't know. I don't know. We're at the tipping point, my friends. We're at the tipping point. Um, there are two different paths, clearly, that could become uh, the road down which you travel in the next decade or two. And uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about others and you shouldn't be empathetic and all that. Don't get me wrong, because I'm certainly not the type of person who's not that way. But I'm also a believer in as that you have got to learn to be accountable for yourself, to work hard, to learn to think, to learn to write, to learn to read, to learn to sort out fact from opinion, to learn to be an informed human being who knows how to get accurate information and think properly, clearly, so that you can reach a conclusion that is not helter-skelter. I think that's what I'm trying to, to promote. Thanks to production for helping out today, and I hope you had an interesting class. Warthog Command Center out.